Welcome, everyone, and thank you for joining us at Life Family Church Podcast. We exist to reach, disciple, and empower people to live in the fullness of God. If you're new to our church or want to learn more about us and what we believe, you can check us out online by simply going to lifefamilychurch.net. We hope you enjoy this week's message. A few weeks ago, I started a little bit on a sermon on vision for the ministry, and I want to kind of continue along those lines and uh, what this ministry is about, who we are, what we're about, what what we're running with. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 3, 2 and 3. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2 and 3. And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain upon tables, that he may run that readeth it. For the vision is yet for a appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely, it will come to pass, it will not tarry. So number one, what are we? What is the, what is the heart of Life Family Church, Jack Myers Ministries, Jack Myers Ministries missions? And that's souls. Winning the lost. Winning those that are not saved. God does not send people to hell. People choose to go to hell. They either choose to go to heaven or they choose to go to hell. How do they go to hell? By rejecting a free gift. A few days ago, many of you got gifts underneath the Christmas tree. And for my daughter-in-law and my son, Josh, it's their birthdays in December too. So John is December 2nd. My wedding anniversary is December 16th. Christmas is December 25th. Kate's is December 27th, and John's, Joshua's birthday is December 29th. So we save all year long for 11 months and have to believe that God is the God of more than enough. Okay, praise God, amen, to be, <laughs> to be able to help them. But let me ask you, how many got gifts? Yeah, all right. Did you like the gifts? I mean, yeah, I love the gifts, right? It was awesome. You know, it's more blessed to give than it is to what? Receive, but we gave and we also received, Right? Well, it's the same thing with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That is a great love scripture, but that is also a thou shalt not perish. God does not want humanity to perish. He created humanity with two free gifts. Not only is there the gift of salvation... But prior to the gift of salvation, prior to somebody receiving Jesus as their Lord and Savior, there's two other free gifts. One, He gave humanity the gift of life. We're never going to die. We transfer locations. The body gives out, but the spirit, which is the real you, that looks just like you, will live forever. And there's a heaven to gain, and there's a a hell to shun. The second free gift is the gift of a free will. He gave you the gift of life and He gave you the gift of a free will. Your free will can choose to either serve God or reject God. Can choose to serve Satan or reject Satan. Can choose to serve yourself or reject others. God gave you the gift of a free will. He is not a God that created the human race to be automatons that people lay down at night a cassette play thing comes out of their head. It's on the table. God puts a new one down. When you wake up, He puts it in, and then you walk around your day as an automaton. No, He gave you a gift of a free will. You have to understand the choices that you have made yesterday determine where you're at in your life today, and the choices that you make today will determine what your, your life is tomorrow because life is about choices. 
I'm sure many of you, when you were little, one-year-old, two-year-old, you didn't think that you'd end up 20 years later, 25 years later, where you're at right now. But it had to do with a lot of choices. Now, we can learn from our past because hindsight is 20-20 so we don't make the same mistakes in the future. But we are a soul-winning ministry. It's a free gift. You say, Dr. Jack, well, how do I receive Jesus Christ into my heart? Well, it's very simple. In Romans 10, 9, 10, it says, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and thou shalt believe in thy heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart a man believes in the righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made into salvation. Revelation 3.20 says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone open the door of the heart, I will come into him and sup with him and he with me. All you have to do is pray a prayer, a simple prayer, and ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart. But you must believe that he is the Son of God and that God raised him from the dead. Yeah, but Dr. Jack, isn't there one, more than one way to heaven? What about all these religions? Out of all the religions in the world, none of their leaders died on a cross for you. None of those leaders shed their blood for their followers. No, there was only one that died on the cross. His name is Jesus the Christ. Jesus the anointed and His anointing. Because Christ is not His last name. He's the one. Not only that, He rose from the dead. He's alive. And how do you know that? Well, you can't see Him, right? I've never, I've never seen God. I've never seen angels. I've never seen demons. I've never seen Jesus. My Bible says, Blessed is He that believes and has not seen. But I've sure felt His presence. And I've had an encounter with His presence. It radically changed my life. So you may not be able to see Him, but you can actually certainly feel Him. Can you say amen? So we are a soul-winning ministry. That is God's heartbeat. For this purpose, the Son of Man was manifested that He may destroy the works of the devil. 1 John 3, 8. Come on, hello somebody. And the works of the devil are to steal, kill, and to destroy. You have an enemy. His name is Satan. He has demons. Their whole purpose is to kill you, steal from you, and try to destroy your life. But Jesus said, I've come to give you life and give it to you more abundantly. Are you living the abundant life right now? If you're not, you can. Because He's made a way where there was no other way. Because when He put Adam and Eve in the garden, He also gave them a free will. They chose unwisely. That's the reason why we're in this mess. But Jesus became the second Adam, hello, and restored back to humanity everything that was lost by Adam and Eve, hello. And He gave it back to us. We have to discover it. And not only discover it, but we have to walk in it. So we believe in winning souls in this place. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. In Proverbs 11.30, it says this, The fruit of the righteous is the tree of life, and he who wins souls is wise. I'm sorry we don't have a lot of entertainment. We don't do it that way. Not to say that it's wrong, not wrong, but we don't do it. We don't, we don't have the smoke machines. We don't have them. We don't have the, the, well, we used to not have cushy seats, but we do now. Praise God, amen, <laughs> which is a good thing. I mean, but we don't do the smoke machines. We don't do the lighting effects. We, we don't have a, a bounce house play area where all the kids can go crazy. Come on, hello, son. We I'm sorry, we don't do that. I mean. Some people have to open that up to just, just to get the family to come because the kids, I don't, I'm sorry, we don't do it that way. We just do it the old-fashioned way. We preach the gospel and we let God confirm it with signs and wonders and miracles following. We can let God confirm it with the supernatural. Right now, that might not be too popular in America, 
but it's pretty popular overseas. I'll just tell you, people will walk hours. They'll come to hours to come to a crusade to see the blind, see the deaf, hear the lame walk. may not be too popular in America right now, but there will be a day where the bouncy houses ain't going to cut it anymore. It's not going to cut it. And cocoa Puffs and chocolate latte, whatever, you know, Twinkies, ain't going to cut it anymore. Hello. There'll come a day where the Spirit of God will draw people unto Jesus because He said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto Him. And so we just like doing it the book of Acts way. Can you say amen? Yeah, so we like winning souls. That's the main thrust of this ministry is winning souls. Why? Well, because we'd like for you to have great reward in heaven. Please forgive us for trying to get rewards to you. Amen. Number two, we are a word and spirit ministry. It's not just word only. And we preach the word line upon line, precept upon precept, in the subject matter in which we're talking. Okay? We're, not, we're not picking and choosing out of the word. Hello, and trying to put some wackadoo doctrine together and trying to make it fit. You know, like one portion of Scripture says Judas went out and hung himself, and then another portion of Scripture said go out and do thee likewise, and then put those two together. You don't want to put those two together, okay? <laughs> you don't want to put those two together. So we preach line upon line. And not only that, we allow the Holy Spirit to do what He wants to do, however He wants to do it, when He wants to do it. Amen. That's a good thing. 2 Corinthians 3, 5 says, Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God, who also has made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter killeth, but the Spirit gives life. So we have a balance between the Word and the Spirit. If all we ever had was the Word, 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 then people would get very dry. If all we ever had was the Spirit, the Spirit, the Spirit, the Spirit, the Spirit, then people would get flaky. But if you have the Word and the Spirit together... We grow up. Come on now. God doesn't want us to dry up. He doesn't want us to flake up. He wants us to grow up. Can you say? And sometimes that's hard. There's a pressure that comes from the Word and living the Word. But if you'll just submit yourself to it, God's grace enables you to do it. Can you say amen? Yeah. In 1 Corinthians 2, 1 says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, I came not to you the excellency of speech or superior words of man's wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I was with you in weakness and fear and much trembling, and my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit of power, so that your faith should not rest in man's words of wisdom, but in the power of God. Now here's the deal. I've been doing this for, this is, oh my gosh, we're about 24 years. This, it'll come up 24 years this next year in the ministry. I have been all over the United States, and I've been to more than 15 different countries of the world. I've said this everywhere. I say, I'm going to preach the word to you, and then the supernatural is going to come and back up what I preach. I hear, hallelujah, glory to God, amen, That's why during the sermon. And then when we start to demonstrate the power of God, then the, the atmosphere changes. I mean, it's true. I mean... It's almost like, could you just believe the preacher? I mean, my God, my God, believe the preacher when he says, the supernatural's coming, going to preach the word, God is going to come and confirm his word with signs and wonders and miracles. Just believe him. But because there's been a famine, or maybe never, nobody's ever seen the power of God, then, people, then fear will hit the person. Fear will hit them. That's the first thing that will hit them. And then cognitive reasoning will take place. That's the second thing. I'll give you an example. We were doing a revival up in Inverness 
uh, several years ago, and there was a lady in the service, and I called her out, and I prayed for her, and I put my hand on her shoulder, and she crumbled in the floor. and started weeping uncontrollably. Well, during the service, there was a guy that would get up, walk out, come back in, sit down, get up, walk out, come back and sit down. And th- at this time, he was out in the hallway when I prayed for this, this lady, and she crumbled in the floor. Suddenly, he comes in, he comes at me. He said, I saw you, man. You're a charlatan in front of everybody. You're a charlatan. I said, what do you mean I'm a charlatan? He said, you spocked her. And I'm like, <laughs> spocked her? How many know Spock on, you know, you know Spock when you, know, when you do this kind of thing? You know? Okay, he thought I did that to her. No, no. And she crumbled in the floor. I saw you. You're a charlatan. You saw you spocked her. I'm like, what? You spocked her. I said, okay, whatever. So he came right. I said, is this your wife? He said, no, it's my girlfriend. I said, okay, you need to sit down. Amen. Hello? Now, if he would have said, that's my wife, I would have said, hey, okay, cool. That's my girlfriend. My girlfriend. Go sit down. I told him, Go, either sit down or you leave. You're interrupting the service. I'm not going nowhere. I said, gentlemen, two big ushers on the front row took their jackets off. Hardest caucus out. Hello, come on. Hello. Now, if it was his wife, that would have been a different story. Okay, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She cool. Everything cool. No, but you tell people that you know, the supernatural is going to come, then not you people. I mean, because y'all are experienced. <laughs> y'all, y'all are swimmers. Y'all are drink. Y'all are heavy drinkers. I just say it right now. You guys, drinkers of the Spirit of God. Yeah, yeah. A 55 gallon drum, it doesn't do it for you. You need 10 of them. Praise God. Amen. But we talk like this, and then there's people that don't know and don't know what we're talking about. Well, they're sticking around. And if you want to experience God, you can. The reality of God. Because I've discovered this, that once you come into the reality that there is a God, your whole world changes. The whole world changes. Fear leaves. And you, I've talked to so many people when the power of God comes on them. What do you feel? And this is what they say. Love. Ultimate love. Ultimate love. Because God is Love. Can you say amen? Amen. All right, so we are a soul-winning ministry. We are a word and spirit ministry. Number three, we're an equipping ministry. We equip the saints. We want everyone equipped. I'm not preaching a sermon to tickle people's ears to get them to come back the next Sunday. I'm not, I'm not a tickler. I've got, I got to stand before the throne of God and be held accountable. What, what, would, what would it be worth if I had 20,000 people, but I came with this candy-coated cocoa puff message that just tickled the person's ears to their own liking, and they never changed? Uh, how about this? What if I never did an altar call? Oh, man. What if, what if I said, well, you know, we're moving the gifts here, but they're in the back room. <laughs> we've, we've equated that to the back room. What, you've taken the Holy Ghost and you've locked him up in jail? Are you, how would you like to be responsible for that? Not me. I don't want to be responsible for that. Lock him up in the back room. No. Let him out. 2 Timothy 2.15 says, Study to show thyself approved, a workman that need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Ephesians 4.12 and 13 for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come into the unity of the faith, and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure and the stature of the fullness of Christ. Number four, we're a missions minister. 
Anybody that wants to come on a mission trip with us, you will experience a life-changing event. We don't sit you on a platform. We don't lock you away. You go into churches. You minister. You lay hands. You cast out devils. You lay hands on the sick. You see them recover. You pull people out of wheelchairs. You get the opportunity to do that. You won't be sued, I promise. On the play, out in the field, somebody in a wheelchair, pull them out. Praise God. If they don't walk, stick them back in it. What do you got to lose? Praise God. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. But all of a sudden they start walking. Then something happened. Yeah. Let me say this to you. The enemy won't like a person that's like that. You have now gone above the mediocrity. You have now stepped above everyone else. When you start doing the Word and you start laying hands on the sick and tumors leave and deaf ears open and blind, come on, hello, you have now risen above everybody else that's comfortable in in their Christianity. And you'll become a target. You start applying the Word of God to your life. That's one thing that the enemy will not want you to do is apply the Word of God because he knows you will get the victory. Hallelujah. So we're an equipping ministry. We're, we're also a missions ministry. In Mark 6, 6, 16, 15, And he said to them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth shall be saved, and he that believeth not shall be dead. Number five, we are tithe, offering, and serving ministry. I preach the tithe. I get criticism all the time. The one thing I love about Facebook is there's this, this wonderful thing. Block and delete. It's the most amazing thing. You know, recently somebody was criticizing me on my page. Get off my wall, sister. Praise God. Amen. So you know what I did? I private messenger. I, did, I was going to give her the benefit. Of I private messenger. I said, I know you don't believe in the tithe. Could you please not make any derogatory comments? Thank you so very much. Well, who do you think? That's it. That would be, click. <laughs> there you go. Who do you think you? Boop, boop. I got 4,223 friends left over. What's one less? (laughs) Got rid of one friend and picked up three more during the week. Praise God. Amen. Most amazing thing. I received the hardest (laughs) on that delete block. Praise God. No, I don't need that. Well, don't you know that social media is to share your opinion? On your own wall. <laughs> come on. Don't come over and scratch my kitty litter box. Get your own kitty litter box. Come scratch my kitty litter box. Ain't it right? No, we are a tithe, offering, and giving, and serving ministry. Tithes and offerings. Malachi 3, 6, 7, and 8. 9 and 10. For I am the Lord, I change not. If He's the Lord and He changes not, then who's doing the changing? We are. I I don't like that. I don't like... I mean, if I'm going to change, I want to make sure my changing lines up with the Word of God, not to my own liking. I want to change to what God says because... With God, there's nothing impossible if I only believe Him. Isn't that right? I guess that's the word. Isn't that what the word says? There's nothing impossible with God if you only believe. So do I want to line my belief systems up with the word? My goodness, He's very successful. God is very successful. 
I mean, he owns the, the, the earth, he owns the universe. Not only that, he owns the, a thousand cattle on a thousand hills, and not only that, he owns the hills and the dirt that's on the hills. Praise God. So there, I, think he's very, I think he's very successful. I think God's very successful. I mean, he trumped his worst enemy. Come on, hello, somebody. He did a Jehovah sneaky. He sent Jesus down. Hello, come on, hey, man. And, and because of the shedding of blood, redeemed mankind so that we can live with God forever. For eternity is eternity. You're going to live forever for eternity is eternity. Listen, this will be the only hell you'll ever experience on this earth. But for some, this is the only heaven they'll experience. I thank God that I'm born again. I thank God that I'm saved, redeemed, purchased by the blood of Jesus. Priceless. Priceless. Hallelujah. All right, thank you. Matthew 23, 23 says that as Jesus speaking, He said, What unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites? You pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin and have omitted the weightier matters of the law, judgment, mercy, and faith. These you ought have to have done and not leave the other undone. Let me read that to you again. Look what, he's, look what he's saying here. What were you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites? You pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin, but have omitted the weightier matters of the law, judgment, mercy, and faith. These are ye have to have done and not leave the other undone. So what are you saying? You should have been paying tithe on anise and cumin. Right? But also you should have been walking in love and mercy as well. So he was encouraging. He was encouraging. Do that. Yes, you should be doing that. But also, do this. Don't leave these others. Hello? Yes? Is that what he's saying? Okay. What were you scribes the Pharisee? Hypocrites. You pay tithe of mint and amos and cumin, and have omitted the weightier matters of the law. Judgment, mercy, and faith. These are ye have to have done, and not leave the other undone. Ah. If after today you don't get this, you need to come to the altar and repent and get your life right with God. I was just going to tell you right now. Because then now you're just ignoring Jesus. If Jesus was standing right here preaching the same message to you, in which He is, because the Bible says when two or three are gathered together, there He is in the midst of us. And if we don't have ears to hear and eyes to see and make these adjustments in our life, then we are rebellious people. Oh, we don't make that adjustment. But then by your free will. That went over like a lead balloon. No, it's the truth. Did he not say, be ye a doer of the word and not a hearer only? Don't be like the man who looks at himself in the mirror and then turns away and forgets what he looks like. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, Brother Jack, tithing is not in the New Testament. It's not a New Testament principle. Eh. Hebrews chapter 7, verse 1 and 2. For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God, who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings, blessed him, to whom also Abraham gave a tenth, part of all for being, by interpretation, king of righteousness, after that also the king of Salem, which is also king of peace. 
Melchizedek is an order of a priesthood that was 400 years prior to the Arianic priesthood. Because the priesthood came, hello, from Aaron, because God set it up that way under Levitical law. But Jesus, who is of the tribe of Judah, not of the tribe of Levi. Aaron was of the tribe of Levi. And the Levitical priests were to set up the Levitical process in the temple because God set it to be that way. But he is not from Melchizedek, the king of Judah, the king of peace, the king of righteousness, the king of Jerusalem. So it was 400 years prior to Levitical law. People don't know this. And they only operate by what they know. For my people die for a lack of... But not here in this place. <laughs> We're going to tell you everything. <laughs> everything that we have revelation on. Come on, everything that we know. As long as it lines up with the Word. Come on, as long as it lines up with the Word. If it doesn't line up with the Word, throw it in the trash can. It's rubbish. Can you say amen? Amen. Serving. We encourage people to serve. A lot of places just hire department heads. Hire a children's minister. Hire a youth pastor. Hire an associate pastor. Hire a secretary. Hire whatever. And then those people run those departments. Hello. And then they hire a couple of the workers so that people can sit in their congregations comfortable. Don't have to do nothing. Feed me. <laughs> little bird. I want a worm. Give me a worm. Acts chapter 6 verse 1 says this, And in those days the numbers of the disciples were multiplied. There arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration of food. Then the twelve called the multitude of the disciples sin and said to them, It is not reason that we should leave the word of God to serve tables. Therefore, choose out ye among you seven men full of the Holy Ghost, full of wisdom, who may we appoint over this business, but we will give ourselves continually to prayer and the ministry of the Word. The Bible says that the greatest among us will be your servant. Do you not know that what you do here on the earth for the kingdom of God is what you will receive in the kingdom of heaven? Because we're going to be tried. And when we are tried, it will be tried by fire. And everything that was of ourselves and everything that we gained for ourselves will be consumed. But everything that we did for the kingdom of God will last. What if I told you that you being in the kingdom of heaven, I mean, you operating for the kingdom of heaven here on earth will build your mansion? What if your mansion's being built based upon you applying the word of God to your life? It's a big possibility. The rewards that you receive, the positions that you receive. God is a God of order. He's not a God of chaos. When you go overseas, it's chaotic chaos. In the United States, it's organized chaos. Praise God, amen. But it's chaos. But in the kingdom of heaven, there's a, He's a God of order. Come on, He's the captain of the host. Any military has order. You are soldiers in the Lord's army. That's what the Bible says. You are soldiers. Tehut! You soldiers in the Lord's army. So book it up, private. No. <laughs> no, come on. Hello, somebody. Amen. You're soldiers in the Lord's army. 
Fight the good fight of faith. You have the helmet of salvation. You got the breastplate of righteousness. Come on, your loins are good with truth. Your feet are shod with the preparation of the gospel. You have the shield of faith. And you have the sword of the Lord and Joshua. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Being a servant. Serve. If Jesus laid down His life in death for us, should we not lay down our lives in service to Him? The answer to that question is yes. Number six. We are a signs and wonders ministry. We preach the word. And we allow signs and wonders to come. The supernatural. Because Christianity is not like every other religion. Christianity is based on relationship. And not only that, Christianity has the miraculous that backs it up. Why isn't the miraculous in every church? That's a good question. Ask that pastor. I can't answer it. You have to ask that pastor. And God will ask that pastor or that minister. He'll ask them. But for us, because that's the only person I need to be concerned with, is that we're going to have signs and wonders and miracles in the supernatural. And you'll have an encounter with God. If you stick around here, you'll have an encounter. One or two things. You'll hit the door running, or you'll have an encounter with God. I mean, that's one or the other. One or the other. In Mark 16, 15, I read part of it, and we read to all. Mark 16, 16, 15, all the way through 20, it says this, And he said to them, Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes and is baptized shall be saved, and whoever believeth not shall be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will cast out devils. They will speak with new tongues. That's the baptism of the Holy Ghost. They will pick up serpents with their hands by accident, not on purpose. Okay, We, we don't handle snakes around here. We are, we are nice snake handlers. Okay. If they drink anything deadly, poison, it will not hurt them. That's by accident. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. So then the Lord Jesus, as he spoken to them, was taken up into heaven. And he sat down at the right hand of God and he went out and preached everywhere while the Lord worked with them, confirming the word with the accompanying signs. We have the responsibility to lay hands on the sick and, come and use Jesus' name. It's Jesus' responsibility to do the healing. We have the responsibility to transmit by faith with the laying on of hands. Amen. It's Jesus manifested His healing. And all the glory goes to Him. And that's real easy when you understand that. <clears throat> the most favorite times of ministry for me is when God begins to move and I get to sit down and watch. That's the most favorite time for me. To see the hand of God move. The invisible hand of God move and touch people's lives. That's awesome. I like it a lot. So we are a signs and wonders ministry. We believe in the supernatural. Number seven, we'll close it with this. We are a book of Acts, word of faith ministry. Book of Acts. We endeavor to do everything in the ministry according to the book of Acts. Do we fail? We fall short. Absolutely. But do we keep on trying? We keep on. We keep on, keeping on, keeping on. We just keep on. Amen. I don't believe that Christianity is a religion like Buddhist or Hindu or Islam. I don't, I don't believe that. I don't believe Christianity. No, it's a relationship based on the blood of Jesus. We are Christians based upon the blood of Jesus. Not that people don't choose to be Christians. They choose that to be their religion. Come on, hello. I mean, there are people preaching in the pulpits of America and around the world, ministers, that aren't even born again. And it's their vocation. They don't even know the Lord. 
they, 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 they've just read, read about the author of the book. They have never met the author of the book. Come on, the Apostle Paul was like that. In Acts chapter 9, he knew about the author of a book, but he hadn't met him yet until he was on the road to Damascus. And then he met him. And isn't it interesting, when he met him, his tune changed. Come on, his entire indoctrination went out the, went out the door. All of his re- religious Judaistic training, 16 years of doctrine, yeah, out the door. Can you say amen? Yeah, all right. So we are a word of faith. Acts 2.1, And the day of Pentecost was fully come. They were all in one accord, and suddenly the sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them cloven tongues of fire, and it sounded on each one of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. In Acts 1.5, For John truly baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days from now. Acts 1.8, And you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost comes upon you to be a witness in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. In Acts 4.23, And being let go, they went to their own company. They went to their own company. They went to their own company. They went to their own company, indicating that all companies are the same. They went to their own company. What company are you? We are Word of Faith. Hello. We are, we are Brother Hagen. We are Brother Rodney. We are Reinhard Bonnke. We are Maria Woodworth Etter. We are Smith Wigglesworth. We are Jack Coe. We are A.A. A. Allen. We are Raymond T. Ritchie. We are George Whitfield. We are Charles Finney. All the way back through the lineage to the disciples. It has gone down that line. That's the company. That's the company that we keep. We're not just of the prophetic company. We're not just of the drinking company. No, we are the word of faith company. Brother Lay and Brother Hagen laid hands on me before he went home for my ordination. It's awesome. Yeah, it's cool. T.L. Osborne sat with eight hours with him. In Daniel King's home, eight hours with T.L. Osborne. Story after story after story after story. You, you, don't, you don't say anything for eight hours. You just listen. Yeah. Word of faith, that's what we are. And Romans 10.8 says this, But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. So that's who we are. That's the vision of the ministry. And so, Pastor Marie and I adopted for 2020 for us is whosoever will. You want to run? We'll run. But we're going to run. And whosoever wants to run, we'll run. You don't want to run? It's okay. We're going to run. Time is short. Jesus is coming back. We're going to win as many souls as we can. We're going to do as many crusades as we can. We've been invited to go to three churches next year to do revival meetings. We're going to run. I know Jesus is coming back if I'm getting invited by pastors to come and do revival. Praise God. Amen. That's a fact. The pastor calls me up and lets me know. Time for a move of God. And we're going to run. So we're going to the Dominican Republic next year. Maybe going to Ethiopia next year. And then 2021, we're taking a team to the Dominican Republic. Marie's going in February to spy out the land for 2021. And then i got to get on the phone and get, make some phone calls and talk about that. So we're going to run. Whosoever will. Who's, get on the train. Not only the Trump train, but Jesus train. Amen. So let me see what's going to happen. 
he and I was talking a little bit over the holidays. Probably in the month of January, February, March, all hell's going to break loose in the Democratic Party. I'm just going to tell you right now. It's going to break loose. I'm serious. It's, going, it's not going to be pretty. This year, government-wise, it's not going to be pretty. But it may shut the mouths of the naysayers. President Trump will be reelected. Period. No doubt about it. He will be reelected. Period. President Trump will be reelected. Amen. At any other time in history. Prosperity. Oh, you thought this year was prosperous? I thought this year was prosperous. Double next year. Double next year. Double next year. But only if you're a tither and you give offerings. If you're a covenant keeper, you keep the covenant, look out, baby. Look out. See, just because somebody says something, if it doesn't line up with this, doesn't mean it's going to come to pass. Hello? If I say to you, but my God shall supply all my needs according to His riches and glory. Hallelujah! Glory! Hallelujah! But you didn't read the Philippian church that gave to the Apostle Paul's ministry. What got them to the point that the Apostle Paul said, but my God shall supply. You cannot take portions of Scripture out and go, Hallelujah, it's for me! And not do the Word to get to that Scripture. I'm going to tell you the truth so that you're not disgruntled. And so many Christians are so disgruntled and think it's not working for them. And then they hit the road, Jack, don't come back no more, no more. And then you talk to them about, well, it didn't work for me. Well, what part did you miss? We're not gonna, we're not gonna, we're gonna put all the pieces together so that you have this beautiful river running through the mountain. Hello, and not one piece of the puzzle missing. And then you have to choose, and I have to choose. We all have to choose. Hello. But we're not gonna miss the pieces to pieces to make it work. Well, why, why, why would you do that? Because it's worked for me. It's worked for a lot of people. And if you do it, it'll work for you. It's impossible to fail with God. Absolutely. You do it God's way, it's impossible to fail. But if you do it your way, you'll end up being disappointed and maybe even angry with God and then maybe even fall out of church and fall out of whatever because of being disgruntled. Because some preacher said, God's about to do something in your life. And it didn't come to pass. Oh, hallelujah. Because you will know the truth. And the truth will make you free. Because it's truth that makes us free. And in today's world, you ask some people, what is truth? Well, the only way to know truth is Jesus. Because people are deeply confused today. Seriously confused about a whole lot of things. And it has to do with the enemy blinding people's eyes. But in 2020, the veil will be removed. We'll have eyes to see and ears to hear. I believe with this with all my heart. I'm going about to tell you. I believe with all my heart. I believe that everyone that is in deception right now will have an opportunity to see. Come on now. It happened with the, the, with the guy in the pig pen in Luke chapter 15. Come on. The Bible says he came to himself. I believe that God's going to allow every human being to come to themselves. And at that moment in time, they'll have an opportunity to choose right or to choose wrong. And when they choose wrong, then it's sealed. It's sealed. Because there's got to be a sealing time. There's a time that, that, that made, people made their decision. Come on, hello. And there's a huge divide that's taking place right now on whom you will serve and whom you will choose. Huge divide. But God's grace and His mercy is sufficient. Come on now. 
It, it'll last to the last. It'll last to the last point part. It'll come to the last point. You know, his grace and his mercy will come to the last point, and then the person has to make a decision on what they're going to do and who they're going to serve. Hallelujah! I'm going to serve the Lord, even with my weaknesses and my failures and my shortcomings. I choose to serve the Lord. Hallelujah! I said, Hallelujah! I will serve Him, serve Him, serve Him, and I will occupy till He comes. I'd like for Him to come quickly, but hey. But until he comes, we're just going to keep on running. Running the race, winning souls. Amen? Come on, stand to your feet if you would. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're in this place this morning and you don't know the Lord, I want to encourage you. In a few more days, 2020 is going to be upon us. Will you turn a new chapter in your life? Every head bowed, every eye closed, please, if you would. Will you turn a new chapter in your life? Will you choose life over death? Will you choose that 2020 will be a different year? Do you need 2020 to be a different year? If you were to die today, are you 100% sure you would go to heaven if you die today? And God forbid. Are you ready to stand before God? If you were to die today, are you 100% sure I want you to think about that for a second. Are you 100% sure that if you were to die today, you'd go to heaven? Today will be an opportunity for you to go to heaven. If you've never asked Christ to come into your heart, will you choose life today? Will you take the free will that God Almighty gave you and Decide to choose Him. Letting go of the drugs, letting go of the alcohol, letting go. Everything that's brought you to the point in your life right now. Are you, are you happy? Are you satisfied? Are you peaceful? Are you joyful? Or has it come to a place in your life that you have nothing? Let me give you some good news. If you have Jesus, you have everything. If you have God, you have everything. You have everything. Will you choose life today? Maybe you're in this place, and at one time you asked Christ to come into your heart, but somehow, some way, you have fallen away from God. Even if there's just one person in here, it's one. The Bible says that the angels of heaven rejoice when one sinner gives their heart to God. And it's very simple. He's not expecting you to be perfect. There was only one that was perfect, and that's Jesus. He's the only one that's perfect. But you know what? On the inside of every human being, they're trying to fill a void through sex, drugs, alcohol, the world. 
that only God can fill. Only God can fill the God-sized hole. Relationships. Only God can fill that God-sized hole on the inside of you. Only God can fill that God-sized hole. You will not be satisfied with your life until you open the door of your heart and ask Christ to come in. Period. Because there's nothing else that can satisfy except for Him. But once you do that, you make a decision of your free will. The Bible says you become a new creation. That means your sins are forgiven. Everything in the past is gone. You chose a new chapter in your life. Why? Because you were created for a purpose. You were created for a purpose and a reason. You weren't just created to breathe everybody's air and eat everybody's food. You were created for a purpose. Will you choose life today? So I'm going to pray a prayer here, a general prayer. First thing is this. If you never ask Christ to come into your heart, we're going to pray a prayer that you ask Christ to come into your heart. Then we're going to pray a prayer of rededication to the Lord if you've fallen, fallen away from the Lord. And then we're going to pray a prayer of making sure that if you were to die today, you'd go to heaven without any doubt. So if you're in this place, every head bowed, every eye closed, if you would please, if you're in this place and you want to be included in that prayer, general prayer I'm going to pray for salvation, rededication, or to make sure that if you were to die today, you'd go to heaven, would you slip your hand up real quickly if that's anybody in here? Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. Okay, just everybody lift one hand toward heaven if you would please. You're reaching out to God. Just pray this with me. Say, Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. He died on a cross for me, shed His blood for my sins. I open the door of my heart and I ask You to come into my life. I make You my Lord and my Savior. Thank You, Lord, for saving me today. Father God, Forgive me of all my sins. Cleanse me from unrighteousness. I want to be in right relationship with you. Thank you, Father, for your restoration in my life. I know now, if I were to die today, I'd be with you in heaven. For my sins have been forgiven. I've been washed in the blood of Jesus, the Son of God. He is in my heart. My name's been written. In the Lamb's Book of Life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Thank you for joining us this week. It's our honor to serve you and be part of your walk with Christ. Don't forget to check out our website at lifefamilychurch.net. Have a blessed week and remember, the best is yet to come.